Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Round the Payload. I am your host, The Blevins, and we've got a star-studded, and I'd say this is this is another expert-level uh, episode here. We've got two champions over to my left, right? I don't, I can't tell. It's like podcast. It's like video left or right. I, I don't know, uh, but. We've got a nice episode here for you. And this is, man, it's sad to say, this is the last episode of the regular season for season one of Overwatch League. Man, it has been, whew, it has been a, a, a wild one, a wild uh, experience for sure. But without further ado, let's start out and introduce the guest for you uh, that we've got here today. To my upper, I'm just going to say upper left I don't, I don't know what it actually is. We've got Pesto Enthusiast, the founder founder of Junkertown Journal. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back. And I should have a champion crown. I got robbed. I can neither confirm nor deny that you were robbed because it's never rigged. Uh, to my upper right, we've got A. Smith, the host of Foul Play and the with the parentheses of Winston's over Omega Lull. Uh, oh. app. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, sir. Thank you, thank you. And Pesto definitely wasn't rigged because I beat you. <laughs> it was the tactical crouch that got you there. Uh, <laughs> to my bottom left, we've got the monkey prince, the meme extraordinaire, and person who posts literally every single thing that happens in the Overwatch community. Welcome back, sir. Hey. Secretly psychic. That's all it is. <laughs> it's like he he he's creating the news, so he knows. And last but certainly not least, in my bottom right, we've got Volamel, Overwatch writer and analyst, and of course, my Batman to my Commissioner Gordon. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Our our whole Discord chat history is literally just me flashing bat signals and him like three seconds later going, Yep. <laughs> So good. Always, always there when you need him. He's the hero that uh, I need, but I do not deserve. But let's jump right into it. If you are a new viewer here, if you're familiar at all with uh, ESPN's Around the Horn, this is definitely not the same show. It's certainly different enough to not have to stop doing it. Uh, but it is a <laughs> game show i put i put air quotes around it it's a game show where i make up a bunch of points we talk about stuff happening in the overwatch league and, and overwatch in general i give out points and at the end a winner is crowned that's what these perfectly these perfectly photoshopped crowns next artisanal. to a smith yeah, artisanal exactly uh for sure but let's move on in to round number one once this drop starts which is sometimes round one capture the objective sound drop was not working let's start it out here so this is like i mentioned before this is the last week for the regular season for overwatch league and if you're familiar at all with traditional sports this is what many would call garbage time uh there's at least a handful of teams that have absolutely nothing to play for they're not in either the stage or the season playoffs they're just out there some teams are locked for both. Um, so, Pesto, we'll start with you. Do you think that teams are going to be subbing out their starters for this last week of play and maybe playing some of the players we haven't seen yet? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, 
I think if you're talking about people like Mendu Kusai or Numlock, who had zero play time. Whoa, whoa, or, not zero. He he, he got at least map. he had a couple maps, or one map. Next is practically zero. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the season playoffs are pretty much locked up. The seating is pretty set. Even I would even say that the um, the stage playoffs are pretty locked up at this point. So, I mean, putting people in doesn't really matter from a, a rankings perspective. The issue, though, is I just don't think that it's a good look. I mean, you're saying to these people, hey, you, um, we didn't find you that you were good enough to play when it actually mattered, but here are some games at the end. Uh, be sure to play really well so that your trade value is marginally higher when we sell you. Mm. Okay, thanks, bye. I just, I don't think that that's a good look. Mm. And um, for that reason... I don't think it's going to happen. And then for the small number of teams where the rest of the season still matters, I guess six teams where the rest of the season still matters, any time that you are practicing with people that are not going to be actually playing in the playoffs is time that you are not mm-hmm. practicing with the team that matters. True. A lot so of, I, I don't see it. Gotcha. A lot of good points there. A. Smith, what are your thoughts? Are we going to see garbage time this week or are we seeing full force? Look, should we see garbage time? Absolutely. Will we? I'm not sold on that. I think you should. I think this is, there's a reason it happens in sports because those players deserve some playing time, period. They've been paid all this money. They're going to, they're not just going to, they're not getting paid this money to ride the bench the whole time and collect a paycheck. They want to play. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's garbage time. I want to play. Anytime you get me out on that court field, virtual field, whatever it is, map anytime you get out there that's your chance to shine your chance to make the top 10 reddit play your chance to be the hero Mm -hmm. and your chance to shine and make yourself more valuable for the team that will buy you next season and will start you next season if Mm -hmm. if i were them i would do it um and for teams like the valiant who already have a top spot locked up Mm -hmm. there's no reason New York, they already have all this, which they're basically doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes too much sense to do it um, at this point. You don't, they don't even have to practice like a full regimented practice if, if that's the case. You know, just let them do whatever because you're going to have a long time between for the playoffs mm-hmm. to get ready and gear up. You're going to plot it for that team individually. You're going to be playing. You're not just going to be doing a, like a regular practice. Yeah, I think you should. Definitely, definitely some 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 chances there. Volmil, what are you thinking? So I, I kind of agree with um, a lot of what what Pesto had to say, um, and to kind of double back on what A Smith was saying, um, I think that yeah, you 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 could reliably flex onto your bench, especially when you know garbage time is kind of happening. But I think this entire season we've we've kind of had a at least one match day that's kind of been garbage time unfortunately has been shanghai that you, you could probably just sub in your, your substitutes and and have a, a potentially good game and no teams really still have done that um so i think that there's still a lot of growth to be had in the management kind of side of things to to really learn how to to really integrate those teams because mm-hmm. i don't even know that people are, are practicing correctly with their, their starting roster mm-hmm. so trying to integrate those 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 players into any kind of practice uh even if it's like a B team style practice, I think is still trying to be figured out, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I don't think that you're going to see too many teams doing any kind of roster swapping. Mm-hmm. I think the only teams that could probably NYXL or Valiant, like I said, um, if they've got the, the the spots cinched up, and I don't think they have a ton to play for. That's not to say they need to sandbag, but um, I, if teams are going to do it, I'd say that's them. But outside of that, I don't see anybody else really making any any big moves. Mm-hmm. Ma- makes sense. 
TMP last words here. Are we are we numb are we numb locked in or 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 not? Um, I think New York and Valiant will uh, set up their starters. So I mean, New York's already been doing this. Mm-hmm. Anomos had based 100 playtime last two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So I think that will continue. And then the Valiant, who I want to talk about more, like they have a, a lot of good players on their bench. You know, they got you mentioned Numlock before, and then specifically I want to talk about Iziaki, uh, who recently Crusty said on oversight he personally thought that Iziaki is better could be, you know, potentially a better player than Kareev. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, last time they played against Shanghai, they, unfortunately, Finzi and Izayaki were not able to play because they had mm. not acquired their work pieces yet. Mm. And so you had this weird thing where they had to play these two players because they do have that B team. So they've been playing with these two players this whole time and all of a sudden you swap in a new off tank and main support, which is like, really hurts team synergy. Mm-hmm. So I think Valiant, now that they've locked up the, the Civic Seed, they'll give enough more time for their B team. You know, they're facing, who are they facing? They're facing uh, Shock and Fuel today, or next week, this week. Uh, so maybe not against Shock, because they're a bit strong. But uh, I can see against maybe Fuel, their last game, just like, sub them in, see how they do. You know, Fuel is definitely not a bad opponent, so you can see mm-hmm. yeah, how they're doing against, you know, a stronger team, not necessarily, like, the strongest team, and, you know, just see how they do. No reason not to. You already got the spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see an argument on both ends of the spectrum there. I mean, I personally am hoping that we see – I want to see some of these guys because, man, I, I just like – even though, like, yes, you get to – you're collecting a paycheck, uh, it's still – it's got to stink because, like, you're basically, like, locked out of being able to do contenders or you're locked out of being able to play. You're just, you're just there collecting a paycheck, which I'm sure – Maybe for some it's fine, but I know a lot of those guys are very competitive, so that's got to stink. But let's move on here. Uh, man, this is a this is going to be the episode of, of finales, really. Uh, we're talking, uh, we've talked about this before, but we've got stage playoff coming up this week. Um, a lot of different teams in the mix. We've got both L.A. teams in the mix. We've got uh, New York potentially not making it, but also very cl- very close to making it. We've got Dallas in the mix here. Uh, so A Smith, uh, what what teams are you seeing uh, making the stage playoffs this this stage? Look, uh, look here, guys. I'm gonna have to take the opportunity. I'm gonna have to take it. And first off, the first three teams are pretty much guaranteed here. Uh, Valiant is already guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladiators already guaranteed. Well, well th- if they lose to Shanghai, they're not actually guaranteed. <laughs> Glad- Gladiators are seven and one. They're not guaranteed in the stage in the the playoffs, season playoffs. We're talking about stage playoffs, correct? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Okay. We might stage playoffs. There are seven. Yeah, so they are guaranteed. Uh, there's almost no chance of it happening. Very slim. So then, then you've got New York, which I think is basically going to lock it up. It's win. Yeah, they, they it's a win. One, it's a win one. So I, I got pretty. Even if they don't win one, they can still, in theory, um they can lose one and still win on map differentials. Mm-hmm. So I really like New York's chances. That leaves the last slot between Dallas, Philly, and Houston. And by some outside miracle chance, San Francisco, it's not going to happen. Um, judging off the, the strength of schedules here, I, I like Dallas's chances best because they're playing Seoul Dynasty this week, and Seoul has looked like hot garbage. Um, <laughs> it's It's been really – it's been bad. Um, and – uh, it, and, and I'm not even being a homer here. I just think really that, that Fuel has the opportunity here. Um, look, Philly plays um, – Lon- they play Houston and they play London. Mm-hmm. Philly has not looked that good this stage. Um, EQO has been 
broken at times um this stage they have had to sub in shadow burn and and it, it's just kind of weird mm-hmm. the way you've got good 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 philly bad philly houston they have to play that uh new york excelsior unless new york excelsior throws i think new york's got that one locked up therefore all you've got dallas has the map differentials and we'll just lay it out plain all clear. signs dallas is gonna win pointing all to time. dallas from the guy wearing the dallas fuel fan <laughs> or dallas fuel hat makes a lot of sense Valmel, are you on the dallas fuel train or are you thinking something else here I, I got to say, you know, A. Smith, uh, your, your team's got a great chance. They, they've looked uh, fairly shaky at times, but their highs look really high. You know, I, I think they came out swinging at the beginning of the stage. They showed what they had to offer. They they kind of surprised people again. Mickey comes out. You know, he was an ace on Diva back Mickey. in the day. Now he's an ace on, on you know, Brigitte. So I, I've, got, I've got them kind of sick kind of cinching up that fourth spot along with uh, both LA teams and New York. I think, again, no surprise to anybody. Um, I don't know. It's fairly cut and dry. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, California has such a, a, a big representation. I hope mm-hmm. that obviously continues throughout the future because it's going to be a big hub for just not, not only just Overwatch esports, but esports in general. So yeah. that's always a good mm-hmm. thing, but uh, it, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. California hub for esports. Boo. Mm. Let's get some Northeast representation. That's why I love Excelsior. But That's Monkey right, Prince, Dallas. are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, Monkey Prince, are you in on the, the Dallas feel here? Or are you, are you uh, drinking some other Kool-Aid? Uh, yeah, I agree. Valiant Gladiators and New York are pretty much locked up. New York especially. Uh, I think the stage playoffs still matter to them. I mean, theoretically, they could continue sort of really sandbagging, but mm-hmm. I think they still at very least want to do good enough again to stage playoffs. So I think they, that does matter to them. And then I said Dallas. Dallas definitely the favorites coming into this, but I, I still give Philly the chance because they're so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen with Philly from one day to the next. So, like, I could see, you know, them losing to Houston and losing to Stuttgart. I could see them completely dominating them. I could see mm-hmm. them losing one, winning the other. Like, so I give, like, Philly maybe, like, a 10 like 10 20 percent chance of mm-hmm. making it in just like because that i mean that happened in stage two where yeah. we we're all talking about playoff chances it's like really technically can make it but like we'll, we'll ignore them and they ended up making it in so mm-hmm. anything can happen with philly but i think dallas are definitely the favorites man uh, we have not heard that line uttered in quite some time pesto last mm-hmm. words here are, are you also drinking this dallas fuel this dallas fuel aid I am not. As much as I have enjoyed watching the renaissance of Mickey, I think that Brigitte is a character perfectly tailored to his incredibly wanton aggression. But I think that if, I mean, if we look at the teams that are on the bubble, if we look at Philly, Houston, Dallas, if any one of those two, if any one of those teams wins two matches, they get in. So I don't see that happening for Houston because they're going to get dismantled by NYXL. I also don't see that happening by Fuel because I think they're going to get dismantled by Valiant. So I think that Philly is the only team that has at least a decent shot of getting two wins. Mm -hmm. I think that neither win is by any means guaranteed, but I also have seen Carpe drag this team to victory (laughs) way too many times just to say it's not going to happen. So I, I, I think a lot of it will wind up is EQL healthy and playing back on point. Um, but I, 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 I'm going to have to go with Philly. Mm-hmm. 
Man, I, I definitely gave you some bonus points for what is likely going to be the uh, the episode title of Renaissance of Mickey. Love that one. Uh, wanton aggression? Come on. I want I like, mean, some plus five Scrabble words for that I mean, I great. love wanton aggression as well, but after such a like a masterpiece of the Renaissance of Mickey, it's tough. To, it's a fair tough enough, act to follow. Uh, let's move on to the dictionary. <laughs> Last question here of uh, round one is going to kind of piggyback off of the stage playoffs. We've been kind of alluding to this for the whole season here, but we've finally gotten it to it. The season playoffs, NYXL locked up, LA Valiant locked up, but Volmel, we'll start with you. Who else are we going to see in these end of season playoffs? So I think majority of the standings so far. So if you look at the standings currently, you've got New York and Valiant obviously taking up their division slots as mm-hmm. you know the top. Uh, seeds so i think they're obviously just shoe-ins um and then we've got boston london gladiators fusion houston i think the the teams basically on the lower end of that bubble is going to be fusion and houston and they do actually play this week so i think that's Mm -hmm. going to be a very big indicator on exactly Mm -hmm. which team makes it in and i don't i haven't done the math but i think that that match actually is a is a huge deal for either team Mm -hmm. that those wins could put them over and if Houston actually does win both of their games this week and Fusion goes one and one, um, they would tie, I believe. No, no, they would go. Yeah, yeah, okay, can't math. It, it has to be an 0 and 2 and 2. Yeah. And then they would still obviously win on map differential mm-hmm. even through that tie. So it, it'll be really interesting. I think that, you know, that that match in particular this week is going to really dictate how or, or exactly who is really making it to that season playoffs but yeah. other than that i think everybody else is kind of uh, locked in uh boston could slip but it doesn't seem that anybody else is really gonna you know pick up that slack i think they just fall down in in seating and again that really doesn't matter too terribly much i don't think um but yeah it seems like it's just gonna be new york la uh, both la teams boston london and if i had to guess i'll probably say philly mm. Interesting, interesting. Monkey Prince, are you are you following the this uh, the same logic, or are you? Uh, is there any wild card that you're uh, you're pulling for here? Yeah, I think you. I think the six will be New York, uh, Valiant, Boston, London, Gladiators, and uh, Philadelphia. As I mentioned before, Philadelphia is uh, super like inconsistent, so Houston could potentially, um, you know, bring it back and mm-hmm. you know, or not bring it back, like lose it all. You know, throw. <laughs> So you never know. So, but I think Philly is most likely in. The interesting thing for me is seeding because while Boston is guaranteed for the playoffs, they could pretend like they have a lower map differential than London. So mm-hmm. if London has a good week, you know they have only they have mayhem. That should be a free win for them basically, and they're actually facing Philly as well. So that that could potentially uh, decide. You know they could overtake Boston and mess up the seeding potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about on High Noon Podcast that Philly versus London could actually decide everything. <laughs> uh, but Pesto, what are you thinking here? Is, is it going to be Philly in that last straggler spot or, or, or something else? Um, the way that I did the math, and I could be wrong, if you have 24 wins, you're guaranteed in because uh, seventh place yes. is Houston and Houston's on 21. So Boston is locked in. Um I don't see a scenario in which Gladiators doesn't get in because they have Shanghai. I don't see a scenario in which London doesn't get in. Um, So it's really just down to does Philly screw up? And considering (laughs) that I am saying 
um, just previously that Philly was not going to screw up, that they were going to win both of their games. I'm going to double down on that and say that Philadelphia is, in fact, the 16th. Now, what I do want to say, though, and it's not part of the question, is that it really feels weird saying that London is going to be um, locked in and that there's no, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is for the entire year, we've been talking about how London has been underperforming and how mm -hmm. London is struggling and how London is not um, the team everyone expected. And yet they are a lock to make the playoffs, mm -hmm. um, very likely in third, possibly in fourth, either way. They're going to get $150,000 in performance bonuses and a guaranteed um, $50,000 minimum for the playoffs. So they're mm -hmm. looking at two hundred grand at the end of the year for a team that has been basically maligned the entire year. Mm -hmm. So I, I, think, I think we're starting to see some of these narratives collapse, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh... I mean, we've seen such a huge paradigm shift for almost every single team with the exception of basically NYXL. Almost every team has had a complete uh, flip-flop at some point or another. I mean, I guess you can count the last couple of weeks for NYXL, depending on if you buy into this, the conspiracy theory. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, A-Smith. Hold on oh, a second. If, if, you if you include the preseason, even NYXL uh, that's true. Yeah, because everyone thought they were going to be the weakest all-Korean oh. team. Not me. No one's expecting but... you to just dumb at all. <laughs> Not you. Okay. I, I, I will I say. Everyone, <laughs> everyone except for the guy in the NYXL hat. True. And Bear Hands. There, there's Bear, Bear Hands, too, who was feeding me information the whole time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this team's really good. Well, don't you work for it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I put, I put my I put my money on the right horse in that in that race. But Ace, the last words here. Uh, what are you thinking for the these uh, season playoffs cut and dry or is there a wild card here i do think it's cut and dry um i think philly is going I, this this literally all hinges on houston this could hinge on houston new york mm -hmm. and i don't like houston's chances there even with new york throwing they still went three two or yeah they still played valiant three two who is considered the best team in this stage just saying like even with them sandbagging we're not playing as well whatever we want to call it mm -hmm. it still looks like new york has the talent alone as long as they try in the game i think they're going to beat houston mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty much locked up now i will say during that whole thing y'all were talking about teams that have been consistent there is one team that has been the most consistent and you lacked to, to mention the <laughs> on 40 team the on 40 team Bro, they are they're the definition 38 of right now no, no. well yeah, but here's the they're thing 40. they were <laughs> at the they're already in, on 40 but here's not the thing the, the preseason that's true here's the thing though is that in the power rank the community power rankings we did they were ranked at six that's because nobody watches China. Exactly. Who watched China? Nobody. Hex, hexagrams. Hexagrams <laughs> is the only. <laughs> okay. And bare hands, I think, One was China. Yeah, hexagrams okay. and bare hands are the only two people that watch the Chinese scene. But okay. and they predicted. A, a, I don't want. Okay, I'm not going to spoil because hexagrams wanted his list to not be public. So I'm going to leave his anonymity uh, up in the air here. But uh, what he said on the, uh, what he said on. Uh, Overwatch League cast about his power rankings uh, might have been a little bit different than what he submitted is all I'm going to say. Uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of round number one. And this this might be the closest first round we've had 
thus far. Uh, we've got a two-way tie in third, fourth with Monkey Prince and A-Smith at 15 points a pop. We've got Volamel with 16 points. And heading up the front of the pack, we've got Pesto with that immaculate renaissance of Mickey comment, getting him bonus points, putting him ahead with 17 points. But as I like to say, still anyone's game. So let's move on in to round number two. Round two, capture the objective. So let's talk about the World Cup a little bit. Um, We've gotten a lot of insight from both the U.S. team, Canada team. I think a couple of the other teams have kind of talked about their, their process here. The U.S., uh, the TLDR of how the U.S. is doing their team, they got four separate teams, each team named after one of the uh, Mount Rushmore presidents, which I thought was kind of cool. You can check out the Bare Hands interview we did to get more insights onto that. But, uh, Monkey Prince, we'll start with you here. Is this the best method for the community to pick the Overwatch World Cup team? Um, I think it is. If you look at the players they selected, you know, it's like, I think they, for the most part, they're really good. We still don't know who one of the DPS, one of the main sports, one of the flex sports are. But, like, looking at the rest of them, they all look pretty solid. I mean, mm-hmm. Bare Hands and Arrow are, like, they're really experienced. Obviously, Bare Hands worked on Excel. Arrow worked on is Dallas Fuel, FU, FNG, FE. So it's, like, I, I, I trust them to pick the best players for tryouts. So, like, you know, I'm not... Like, sure, they could theoretically have an open tryouts, but with the amount of American players are, that would have been kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so I think choosing the, the best uh, American players based on their judgment and then, you know, having them internally scrim, you know, see, see how they work as a team, see how they communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that's one of those important things in building a team is how well they uh, work well, work together. So mm-hmm. I think this is a really good way of doing it. For sure. Pesto, what are your thoughts on the Overwatch World Cup uh, community uh, tryouts that they had for the Team USA? Did they pick the best people to try out? I'm going to say yes, question mark. I mean, <laughs> with four people in every position, there's so much depth there that I mm-hmm. actually think that it might be the opposite problem. I think that there might actually be too much depth, and I mm-hmm. think that they might be giving people a shot um, that really don't, have a, uh, really don't have a realistic chance of getting on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, Team USA does not have to go through qualifiers, so they have a bit longer than everyone else Mm -hmm. to get their act um, in gear before matches start to matter. But I still feel that building around an existing core and then slotting in players is a better strategy than this sort of jumble everyone together, see if we have a team that fits. Um, And and I think that Arrow said he was going to swap people around in teams. It wasn't Mm -hmm. all locked in. Still, I think it's sort of more messy than it needs to be. So, for example... I don't understand why Sleepy and Moth are on two separate teams. I would put mm. them on the same team, treat them as a core, um, treat them as a unit, and if you see someone else that justifies swapping them out, okay, you're going to start messing things around. But it just it's a mess, and the only thing I can think of for why you'd bring in this many people is that you're looking for intangibles. You're looking at mm. things like communication or attitude or miscellaneous leadership stuff, mm. and you're throwing a bunch of people in the room trying to find that because... If you're just looking at hero pool and mechanics, you don't need such a large tryout. I think that 24 people would be unnecessary just for Right, and I bare hands mentioned a little bit in the interview that it's like, yeah, I mean, we're not just looking for people who can click heads because, like, we have at this point, we have enough tape on these people, right? Like, if they can't do that, they probably shouldn't have gotten invited in the first place. Uh, but you bring up a good point, uh, Pesto. It's definitely going to try to 
find the intangibles there. A Smith, what are you thinking? Would you have done? Uh, would you have done a similar tryout method uh, that Bare Hands and Arrow uh, came up with? Um, yes and no. Um, here, in preparation for this question, I watched the movie Miracle. Miracle on Ice. <laughs> uh, you ever, you, ever, you haven't seen that? It's an amazing movie. But uh, what he essentially did was pulled all these players in, had a one day tryout. One day, he already he had to watch all the film on all these people. He knew exactly who could do what. Mm-hmm. All he was testing was who plays well, teamwork. And you can find that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Just because they're on the same team in Owl mean doesn't mean that they're going to play the best with each other, mm. uh, if that makes sense. I, I don't think existing teamwork completely transfers over because as we've seen when Al first started, it didn't necessarily transfer over as much as we would have liked to have think it would. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just have a better bond and click better right mm-hmm. off the bat. Um, it, it's a very real thing like you know sometimes you're like oh i really like this guy's shot calling i didn't know shot calling sounded like this because i've been playing with this guy the mm-hmm. whole time but i like this better so that's a legitimate possibility here and and you're you're starting to find out who exactly knows what i, I think there are a few people that got left off and we don't actually have the exact full rosters here but um i, I think uh like dps player like nero or Bu- buds mm-hmm. or dalton i think all three of those guys really had a shot um at, at making the team because mm-hmm. USA's DPS talent, um, because from everything we know, a Jake is not signed, not going. And then Seagull has not been announced. Therefore I'm venturing to say that he's not going to be either. He's probably just going to be streaming and taking it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so with two of your better DPS talents out of the option, then, you know, then you're kind of left with, a whole different conundrum and i think that's mm-hmm. where you're really working on it because I, I do think they know who their tanks are going to be i think they know who their supports are going to be i think they already have a good indication i do think this part of this was to hey we have to fill out the entire team mm-hmm. here um and in and some players they legitimately deserve a shot mm-hmm. at least they feel like they got a shot at it and then they know they lost you know i'd rather right. feel like i had a shot than you know how i'm an owl and i never even got a tryout what is this do you think that we could fast track a U.S. citizenship for Jonak and then just like wrap him in an American flag and see if that? Works? Look, uh, I'm I'm friends I'm friends with a, a specific representative for um for the country here in U.S. of A. and I think I can get things done. Just let me okay. know, or do just you, give me just get so him American. like a, a gigantic uh like Uncle Sam hat yep. and ask it. Ask it. Bare hands, DM me. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll get you hooked up. Uh, Valma, last words here. I, what do you, do you like this the system that they have devised? Have you done something different? What are your thoughts? No, I I, I like it a lot. Um, again, to kind of touch on what Pesto said, uh, I I love the point that you are fishing for intangibles. You are looking for you know outside teamwork to improve on a core. Um, and, and they do have a, a quite a deep core that there are a few cores that they could work with. They mm-hmm. could work with kind of a, a Houston core. They could really just kind of throw San Francisco with a few other pieces mm-hmm. and, and run with that. And I think when you when you shuffle people up, you kind of put them in a corner and, and say, look, you know, your your back's against the wall. You have this this chance if if it were, um, you know, what what could you show if mm-hmm. you, your team isn't with you uh, that you've been practicing with? Right. So. What kind of what kind of mentality do you have then? Is it different than what you show normally? Um, I think it actually shakes up a lot. You could still uh, there then again and still run with a core at the end of the day, but it's always good to kind of just uh, 
throw throw the players a curveball, see what they have in store, and and go with it. And I think that um, they've done a pretty good job at that. I, I other than you know the fact of uh, the, the the Mount Rushmore thing, I think that was a little a little uh, patriotic, I would say. But uh, well, yeah, they got other, patriotic is awesome. For America. America. Yeah, it, America. it's the World Cup, man. Come on, you see who are you, Volamel? What is this? Team USA. Get them out of here. That's uh, man. That's, I'll take the minus points. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a snap. That's, I'll only minus you one. Uh, the one the one thing I'll I'll add to this is uh, it might actually be a detriment um, in some ways to have people who are on the same team coming in with people who aren't on the same team because it can almost like create like a click like depending on the players i don't know you know sleepy and moth personally so but i know just from like playing uh uh other sports that like if you have two players that are on a team like they click together and then it almost like segregates everyone else out of Mm -hmm. that click and and it could be negative so that, that may be something to consider uh, for sure. But let's move on here. Uh, this question, actually, credit where credit's due. This one came from Pesto, and I really like this question a lot. This uh, this was a really good one here. Um, and we'll actually start with you, Pesto, on your own question here. So Blizzard, obviously, uh, has invested a lot of time, money, effort, uh, etc., into Overwatch League. Huge marketing push uh, and whatnot uh, for this first season. But that season is quickly coming to an end here. So the question here is, what does Blizzard have to do during this quite long offseason to keep the momentum up, to keep people engaged, and even grow their audience for season two? So I want to start off by saying that right now there's something like 1.2, 1.4, a million and a half people who are watching a Fortnite tournament. So there are obviously big things on the horizon um, in esports, mm-hmm. and and if Blizzard does not keep up momentum, I think that they will potentially not be able to start the next season with the user base they have now. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a there's a couple of components that they, that need to happen. The first is we need tournaments, and we need tournaments with Overwatch League teams up against solid competition. Mm-hmm. So maybe have an invitational with some of the best. Um, Korean contenders teams and some Overwatch League teams and and some some American and European contenders teams throw them all in a mm-hmm. land environment have a big tournament um, in the World Cup. I fully expect that every player on every national team that is part of Owl, you will hear that they are part of Owl multiple times, and the and the casters will be instructed to harp on that so that people mm-hmm. say because um, because the Overwatch League has less viewership um, than the World Cup because the World Cup is also pulling in the BlizzCon people. So they mm-hmm. want to transfer that population over. So there's going to be a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. The next thing I would say is gossip. Um, mm-hmm. And by gossip, I mean the roster moves because mm-hmm. you see in things like the NFL yep. offseason, the NBA offseason, when there's not playing, there's still lots of conversation about roster moves. I think that the roster moves need to start immediately and keep going all That's the way through. That's what we'll through. be talking about. <laughs> um, yep. And then lastly, I mean, all of these teams need to go back to their home cities, have lots of events. You have yeah. community licenses. You better use them all. Um, you, The players need to be around. I understand that they're going to need breaks. They're going to have the World Cup. They're going to need yeah. to fit vacations and all this. But you need to start building your fan bases because when the show starts traveling in Season 3, um, yeah. you're going to need to fill out these stadiums, mm-hmm. and that means local fans. So... 
I, I think you can do it. I think that we're not looking at the Battle Royale apocalypse stealing all the viewers <laughs> from everything else, but it's going to take a lot more work than I'm than I think Blizzard has been willing to do in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. If Blizzard just, I mean, if Blizzard does the same stuff that they did for the beginning of season one, we might be in for a train wreck at the start of season two. A Smith, what are your thoughts here uh, on the off season for Overwatch League? Look, I've got a really good idea, and nobody has—I've never—I've not heard anybody say this before. But um, this is something that soccer does, and it's international friendlies, um, and you stream it on the Overwatch, the Overwatch League channel. Mm-hmm. Um, how cool would that be to see teams like uh, USA versus another team, and it's just a friendly, it's mm-hmm. an international friendly, and it's like a, you know, whatever. I mean, like an exhibition-type match, mm-hmm. but things like that would be really, really good. Um, another thing that needs to happen is Seagull needs to start streaming. <laughs> Seagull gets his stream up, boost it, people are gonna, I mean, mm-hmm. people are gonna watch. Um, 100%. Teams need to go back, need to start to get acclimated with their city, have fan events. The more fan events, the better. Um, and, and I'm not even completely sold that tournaments have to happen. I do think players need off-season, and the mm-hmm. players do need rest. Um, I think being plugged in too long, you might just – it's possible you just burn out mm-hmm. really quickly because you're just hooked in all this time. There's a reason that there's so many games and people are talking about burnout, and then you have this off-season. There's a reason every sport has an off-season. It's so people can chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that needs to happen, but 100%, it's going to be rumors. Um, XQ needs XQC needs to do some like drama stuff. We're going to get some <laughs> some drama in there. No, um, no, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> if you get some XQC drama in, it's going to make Blizzard. It's going to right. get the Overwatch League in people's ears. The more times that you hear Overwatch League, mm-hmm. the more times you hear Overwatch League players, you're going to th- start thinking, "Oh, I need to catch that. That's cool." You know? Oh my gosh. You know, how crazy is different things happening? You want to see stuff. You're going to plug in to see it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, the more these players stream, the more that you hear, the more they grow, grow their individual mm-hmm. fan base, the more that the, the, the league fan base is going to grow. Right. Um, players need to grow their brands. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you there as much as I don't necessarily want to see the Overwatch uh, tabloids happen again. We've already gone through enough of that. But, uh, Volmel, what do you think? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, God, Pablo. Uh, <laughs> what do you what are you thinking here for the off season for for OWL? Um, I, I've got a couple things that that are, are kind of interesting, and I and I do like Asmus' point where he he mentions that you know the players do need a break, and and I completely agree. But when we're looking at some of the big criticisms that Overwatch League has had, and it has been you know the activation of those viewers, you know mm-hmm. uh, Blizzard touts that you know, we have forty million players playing the game, but we can't maintain about 100,000 viewers mm-hmm. on you know, their multi-million dollar broadcast. I think that's um, a, a, a place where we could grow, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. one way we do that is we, we take a page you know, out of uh, Fortnite's book and let's, let's make an Overwatch Pro-Am. You know? Let's get some people involved and, and pair them up with some teams and, and see what happens. You know, I think that's, that's a great way to get you know, more eyes on this, especially mm-hmm. when you're, you're bringing in a, a player like Ninja. Um, any kind of you know, mainstream celebrity a mm-hmm. traditional sports star get get those people involved i want to see Shaq pair good. up with the the san francisco <laughs> shock like how cool would that be you know mm. get a rod i mean who wouldn't kill to see jennifer lopez play overwatch i think that would I be i want to see uncle insane. drew play overwatch sure <laughs> any, any form of the, any form of that is yeah. going to drive viewership up no matter what and it's mm. just getting eyes on overwatch and then mm. from that 
it bleeds over into the Overwatch League. And in a similar vein, I think, you know, a, a one another big kind of factor that Blizzard needs to take into account is, you know, there's been a big outcry on fixing the ladder and making it a little bit more entertaining, whether that's um, adding role queue. Get, I think that's a, a big way to get people back to streaming the game and, again, getting more eyes on Overwatch mm -hmm. because when you look at the... And it's not to, not to say that Twitch is like the end-all, be-all, but when you look at, at that as a, as a small metric, mm -hmm. it's not doing as hot if, if it's not kind of propped by the back of Overwatch League. Um, that and... Probably continue Watchpoint. I think that that's been a great way to kind yeah. of continue with the news, mm -hmm. similar to the vein of like the ESPN, even though, you know, they can't necessarily dictate all of their time to the Overwatch League. I think mm -hmm. Watchpoint can, and they could act as a kind of news source throughout mm -hmm. the offseason and yeah. create a lot of hype. So I think um, all uh, there's there's many of other things, but, you know, to kind of keep it brief, I think those are some of my big ones. Yeah, a lot of good ideas there. I mean, I'd love to see, I, I would love to see like a... Um... Well, I'm not going to go too much into it. I'm just a I'm just a lowly host. Monkey Prince, last words here. What do you think for uh, Overwatch League off season? Uh, I 100% agree that we need to focus on like keeping the player base first. So a lot of people, as you said, like a lot of people have expressed frustration with the ladder system and just mm -hmm. overall imbalance and tons of these things. So your first step should be you know, fixing that, getting people to you know um, you know more happy with the game. Because if you, the more players you have, the more you know people you have to pull from. Mm. And then in terms of like tournaments and like things like that, I don't think you need anything extra than what you have now. Uh, playoffs are in uh, July twenty seventh, and then mm. you know uh, group stages for World Cup are August October. Then you got obviously BlizzCon November. You got preseason starting in December if it follows the same format. And then you know the next Overwatch season is there. So Overwatch League season is there. So I think that's fine in terms of like scheduling keeping people occupied. Mm -hmm. um, I think. One thing I really like to see is more promotion of contenders because mm. I think like if you want you need to have a s sustainable tier two scene in mm. order to uh, you know have the tier one scene and so like just host like on the Overwatch channel you have one million something uh, followers on that channel just host the contender stream there mm. you know that would definitely get more people watching that you know and I definitely do think uh, fan events and player streamers are important like a lot of the way people discover it is through uh, people's streams like. I'm sure there's a large chunk of Overwatch League who they, they saw that, see, you know, they were fans of Steagle and then he joined Dallas Fuel and that's mm -hmm. how they found out, or mm -hmm. uh, were fans of some other streamer. So I think that's, that's the big thing. So fi first, fix the game. Honestly, fi not fix the game. The game's not broken, but fix the <laughs> issues the game has um, and do that. And then just, just focus on, you know, expanding, uh, you know, just continue what you're doing. And mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to bring up is that people saying how, like, the first season wasn't marketed a lot. I think that was intentional because if you look at the course of the season, they changed tons of stuff. You know, they mm. changed the stage layout format. They changed how the maps are done. They changed so much stuff. And so I think this first year was sort of like we're going to have like a test of it and like fix all the issues it has. Mm -hmm. It's like the core fan base that's going to have it. And then, you know, season two, season three, when they go to home teams, they're going to market it way more now that they fix a lot of the issues that they've had. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My, uh, my initial... Uh thesis for it was first season is make sure you're converting your your overwatch esports fans the people like us who have been watching since before there was overwatch esports get those people and then start to get the overwatch players as well and then next season i think will be more let's get people who are into gaming and into esports 
at a, a, a more macro level than just Overwatch, convert them into Overwatch League fans, and then season three, when we're local, when we're traveling, get the for the the way I always refer to them as muggles, get the muggles, people who aren't <laughs> who don't know anything about gaming, traditional sports fans or people who just aren't, you know, your grandma, get those convert those people. So, I think it's probably I have no basis to this other than it, it kind of made some of the things uh, that they've done so far have made sense in that lineage, but um I don't know. I think that's kind of what we'll end up seeing. But Let's... That's fair. I'm do I'm doing my part, okay? I'm getting my sister hooked on Overwatch League. So I'm just saying, everybody needs to be doing their part. If you're not getting your family members hooked, you're not doing your part. This is on you too. It it's true. Uh, tell your friends um, who are almost certainly watching. One of the 1.50 million people watching this uh, Fortnite tournament right now. Uh, I have nothing against Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last question here in round number two. One of the, if not the biggest disappointment uh, coming in from Overwatch League, from before Overwatch League and their performance in Overwatch League uh, Season 1, has been the Soul Dynasty. Touted as arguably the most... uh, one. Arguably the uh, most accomplished uh, Overwatch League or most accomplished Overwatch team pre Overwatch was Lunatic High. They basically ported directly over into Soul Dynasty, um, and they have yet to win a. <laughs> yes, F's in the chat, please. They've yet to make it to a stage playoff. Now confirmed for the, as they're, I believe they're 100 out of this stage. Uh, and they're not making the season playoffs. I think that's a uh, – we can go back. This is the time now where we go back in time and uh, tell everyone to check off their bingo card of things you didn't uh, predict were going to happen in the preseason that did happen. Uh, Soul flopped completely. So the question here is, A. Smith, what is Soul going to do in this offseason going into season two? Are they going to change their team up? Are they going to – Boot, Look, bootstrap I, everything. What What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I I know this isn't the buy or sell round, but you know what they're doing? They're sell, 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 <laughs> sell. Dude, just just restart your team. First, you got to start with your you got to start with your coaches. The coaches have failed this team. Um, much like in Arrow, you have failed the city. The coaches have failed this <laughs> team. Um, anyways, I, I you've got to start with the new coaching staff. I think this coaching staff just didn't understand how the league works, and you've got to mm. bring in some fresh a fresh face from fresh eyes get some some new things i think you've got a lot of talent still on this team um you still got to build around that i think right now i think you get rid of somebody like kooky and and guido who hasn't really produced anything and you bring in like a, a main tank that you know has a chance to rival miro i think mm-hmm. you need to get miro back on the starting path i think i think miro has a lot of talent and he was just untapped potential mm-hmm. um i think you know, I think there's problems there. Uh, you know, Jay Hong, Toby, these are all great players. Um, you can still make it happen. Fleta, great player. Even good old Munch. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> good old Munch. You know, he's still he's still a really My good boy. player. This this has a lot more to do with the inadequacies of inadequacies of the coaching mm-hmm. staff than the players themselves. Yes, there are players I think you need to switch off and, and get more better talent because it's available. But I also think the coaching staff starts here, and they mm-hmm. have to get their lineups right. Like yeah. they were just throwing lineups against the wall 
and seeing what stuck and and guess what now you're out of the playoffs. Jay Hong main tank uh does yeah. not equal success confirmed. Uh <laughs> so A Smith is uh touting the sell 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 for the Soul Dynasty here. Volmil, what are your thoughts uh for Soul for going into season 2? Well, there's there's a lot here so I'll try to be <laughs> brief. Um I, I like Miro. I have been a Lunatic High fan mm. since the beginning. Uh, I think he's got to go. I think he's a known quantity mm. at this point. We we look at the golden days. We, we want to remember him fondly and I think it's time we give him a warrior's burial. Mm. And we ship him out to sea and burn the ship, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> next next on the docket, uh, like you said, coaching staff. It felt like we were playing uh, coaching staff roulette where a coach played head coach for a week and mm-hmm. decided they were going to, you know, change up the roster. And mm-hmm. But Jay Hong, it, there's, there's numerous reasons why the coaching staff definitely was just all over the place. I think you need to either restructure this coaching staff mm-hmm. so that there's a very clear hierarchy or you need somebody to come in kind of clean house and really funnel down who's really making the key decisions here and just kind of uh, trim the fat, if you were. Uh, next, Guido, uh, Zephyr probably are gone. They really haven't seen much play time outside of just, again, Coach Roulette. Um, I would sell Kuki for me personally. I think he actually has a lot of value as the main tank, and he speaks English uh, quite fluently. Mm-hmm. So I think he could go to an expansion team, another you know Overwatch League franchise. I think he's a, a sell. Um, and then potential roster additions. Uh, well, I guess we'll touch on Jay Hong. I think Jay Hong uh, has a big uh, personality in this team. I think he actually has quite a bit of clout in this team. So mm-hmm. I think you keep him on board as much as I've I've been a little bit critical of him. He's brought it back around. He's very flexible. Keep him on as a flex. Um, but I'm looking at Giguri, Gamsu, No Smite, and So What from the Contenders regions mm-hmm. in China and Korea. I'm looking at Lucid. I'm looking at Hagopyun from London as all replacements or potential replacements. Mm-hmm. And to kind of bolster yeah. soul for next season because they've got to make some changes. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good points there. Monkey Prince, what are you thinking? What's Soul going to do in this offseason? Um, I think you have to start with changing the coaching staff. And I think you change the coaching staff before you make any roster decisions. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you get that new coach, get, you know, maybe like have your coach drop to some other teams and just let that new coach like evaluate your team, you know, see like maybe like players aren't as bad as we think they are and just been the coaching staff. So mm-hmm. sit down with them, see, see what potential they have for next season um, and then make a decision based off of that. If I'm looking at the roster, I think, yeah, so you keep Zumba, Jay Hong, to, like you, you basically... You keep all the th- you think. Like, think you take eh, if I can speak clearly. Take Zumba, Jay Hong, Toby, probably Fleta, Munchkin, and then maybe Gambler. You probably keep Gambler, mm-hmm. and then you look. You think about this. They're they're Soul Dynasty, right? They're the only Korean team right now. Even if there's other Korean teams uh, added next season, they they have said that they will be the only Soul team. Mm-hmm. So they can basically have a pretty sweet deal to offer to any Korean contenders player. You know, they're all basically in Seoul right now. You know, but, you know, if you want to stay there, you know, potentially in the future, you know, they, they just have a really easy job at convincing people to join their team. So mm-hmm. go to contenders and get Godspeed. You know, get No Smite, get uh, Jexy, get all these great players mm-hmm. from contenders, and just do, do it that way. I, you could potentially get some other Koreans from other teams, but I, I think getting young talent has proven to be a very good strategy in this in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think just getting Getting your new coach, getting young talent to pair with that coach, mm-hmm. you know, pair them along with some veterans like Jay Hong or Zumba, you know, sort of like leadership roles within the team, mm-hmm. and you have a really strong soul coming into season two. 
Yeah, man, I just couldn't help thinking when you said sit sit all the players down, just like sitting Miro <laughs> down on a uh, on a boat that you're about to light on fire, as Volmil suggested. <laughs> but, <laughs> Festo, last words here. What's Soul going to do in this offseason going into season number two? I mean, I think a lot of the good points have already been taken. Yes, the coaching situation desperately needs to be sorted out. Um, I think that... Um, they have a problem in that there's going to be a bunch of teams that all need really good coaches, mm-hmm. including probably London, certainly Mayhem, probably Shanghai is also going to be looking for a coach. So I think I think that there's probably more uh, more suitors than there is top talent. So that's going to be a problem. After that, yes, the, the main tank situation probably the highest priority. Um, one of Kuki or Miro has to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the other one is going to be the, the the bench player looking to reclaim their spot. Um, figuring out what to do with Ryuji Hong is another problem. Um, he's, I've, I've heard he's not the shot caller, but considering that they're willing to put him in main tank just to keep him on the active roster, I don't think there's any way he's going to get um, removed from the team. But unless there is a shift in the meta or he picks up some more heroes, using him is, is sort of tricky. Uh, then, then it gets to who are you going to pair up with Fleta? Because I don't see any situation w- in which they get rid of Fleta, mm-hmm. and I don't think that Wikid and Munchkin. I think both Wikid and Munchkin are owl caliber players, but I don't think that either of them is the right pairing mm-hmm. for Fleta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, lastly, the the one thing that hasn't been covered is reset. Uh, losing like this, failing the expectations, um, failing the Korean fans, which are vociferous, <laughs> is mentally fatiguing. Um, props to them for not having a breakdown like Fuel did. Mm. But still, you can see from some of these tweets, you can see from Jay Hong saying, I'm not sure if I'm even going to be on the team next year, that they are mentally fatigued. And you cannot go into the new season like that. There has to be a reset. Mm-hmm. They have to reclaim the hunger that they came into Apex Season 1 with and put all of this first season out of their mind. Otherwise, they're just going to start from three steps behind everyone else. Right. Maybe maybe they do need to have that complete breakdown like fuel did because from the ashes of the Dallas fuel fire comes the renaissance of Mickey man I can't I can't you know you didn't we say Dallas yeah man I I just can't I can't get enough of that uh you need that. the dark ages before you get the renaissance exactly exactly uh and and it seems like soul has just been kind of treading water so um that's gonna bring us to the end of round number two uh, we are quickly running out of time here, so we're going to r- whip through this last round real quick here. Uh, but first, the score recap. We've got A. Smith uh, rounding out the pack at 39 points, Monkey Prince with 40, Volamel with 42 points, and Pesto just pulling ahead here with 45 points. The renaissance of Pesto, if anything else. Uh, but let's move on to round number three. The payload is approaching its destination. Round three, of course, is the buy or sell round. Uh, buys agree, sells disagree if you have not uh, listened in before. So let's start it off here. Valmel, there's been a lot of uh, talk about the New York Excelsior and sandbagging or throwing, whatever you want to call it. So buy or sell, have, uh, or buy or sell that the NYXL has been actually sandbagging or throwing. I think by definition, it is kind of like a, a buy in a sense because they we've, we've talked about this before where, you know, this this league is kind of stressful for these players. You know, I think they all came into this. They they, they kind of looked at it. We're like, oh, yeah, we could probably do this. 
And then you start to hit week five and you're like, man, I could really use a vacation. Hawaii <laughs> sounds fabulous right now. Um, so you're, you're really looking at, you know, trying to give these players a break, especially when, when you don't really need this at all. Mm. Um, when you're in New York, when you're, when you have that big of a Delta that New York has, I really don't think you need to, to try too terribly hard. I think mm. you could just win on brute force. Um, and you can really kind of finagle in players that, you know, are, do need a break and, and rotate in people that don't necessarily have a ton mm -hmm. of play time. So yeah, I'm buying. Um, it, it is kind of just bad, but it is what it is. Makes sense. Monkey Prince, buy or sell. NYXL has been throwing these past couple of weeks. Uh, I'm maybe not throwing. Sorry, we're probably Sam Mag is more accurate just because mm -hmm. like, I mean, they're playing Animo over Arc. Like I think that just definitionally like, if you're trying your best, you would be playing Arc not Animo. Mm -hmm. um, and you just look at Spider Pine. And, all the instances, and just like, I mean, they're not trying their hardest, and mm -hmm. honestly, who can blame them? Your first seed, you, I mean, if anything, it's a disadvantage. We, you know, if you're doing all these complicated counter strats and mm -hmm. trying your hardest, and you're just giving away uh, things you could use in the playoffs. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it is honestly like this, just the smartest thing to do when you're in that position. I think they try this week. They try enough to win the games again to playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, but besides that, I mean, they're not going to be playing their A game. Makes sense. Makes sense. Pesto, what are you thinking? Buy or sell? NYXL has been sandbagging. I am going to buy it. I think if you look at the two losses, you are looking at two teams that um, they could realistically face in the playoffs. So it makes sense that they were sort of not going at 100%, that they mm -hmm. were resting and holding strategies back. Um, the thing, though, is they need to crush this week. They cannot go into the playoffs um, shaky. They need mm -hmm. to have... Uh, I think if for confidence, if for no other reason, they need to crush this week. Um, but I also think that we might actually be underestimating how much the meta shift has affected them. Because, mm -hmm. yes, all of these players are amazing, and Sabiobi has taken to the Widow really well. But this is a team that, as much as we think about it being built over Jonak doing crazy Jonak things, was also built around Sabiobi's Tracer. And mm -hmm. now Tracer is sort of a C-tier hero. And there is a possibility that the reason why they are sort of phoning it in like this is because they are trying to figure out a top tier strategy that does not involve that um, tracer. So mm -hmm. I think I think they need to crush it now, get their confidence in high. I think that part of it is sandbagging, but I think that, that there might legitimately be a part of it where they are trying to adjust and it's a little harder than anticipated. Interesting. See, Thorn Rain, that's how you do like a soft buy. You don't say soft buy. Or uh, what did what did Thorn Rain try to? He like tried to rent or something. I don't yeah, know. he rented. He yeah, rented. Yeah. Just 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 pick buy or sell, and then if you want to be wishy washy, do it in the explanation. Pesto knows what's up. Big calf, big calf throwing it. He's not even in the game. Uh, <laughs> Aceman, last words here. Buy I'd or like sell. To mortgage? And... No. <laughs> like I'm selling that. I'm selling I'm that. I'm foreclosing actually. And... <laughs> uh, I, I am selling gonna Aceman. I am 100%. I'm actually going to sell this. Uh, I am not buying the notion that they're sandbagging. The definition of sandbagging, let me read this. Oh, God. Oh, I'm selling Deliberately this. Deliberately <laughs> underperform in a race to gain a, to gain an unfair advantage. Right here. Uh, okay, we, we, we believe you. Okay, okay. <laughs> Regardless, here's the deal. I don't think they're gaining an unfair advantage. Here's The problem here is there's going to be a new meta come playoffs. So what advantage are they getting? Because they're going to have to build new strats completely. They're just playing the league how the league should be played. You need to rest players, period. There needs to be times in league play where you rest players. 
if you have not seen any other sports league minus the NFL, which has half the games that Overwatch mm-hmm. does, in, and a bye week. Uh, yes, yeah. and a bye week. They have literally like significantly less games than Overwatch does. Any game that has close to this, every sport rests their players. Does it mean they're throwing? Does it mean they're sandbagging? No, it means they're resting their players and they're giving some of their players a chance to breathe because that needs to happen every once in a while. You can't have somebody going 100% every single time. Every single sport does it. You're doing the things the right way, and let's be real, the right way, that's why they're winning. They've Mm. been doing this the right way where every other team has not been. They're not sandbagging to gain an unfair advantage because I don't think they're gaining – the only advantage they're gaining is rest and mental health, which is a good thing, and I don't think it's unfair. I think it's completely accurate. Mm. Make the spider pine kind of rest. <laughs> <laughs> Sending pine back to Korea. Oh man, that's, a, that's a, uh, monkey prints with the that's a, that's worth a bonus point for sure. Um, but this is actually going to bring us in uh, for time reasons. This is going to end up being our last question, and it's almost it, it's kind of like a meme question, even in and of itself. Even though it's kind of it's kind of serious too. Um, so we've seen uh, XQC back in the competitive realm. He played with goats, I believe, uh, in one of the events. And uh, you know, with XQC back being more than just a streamer, obviously still streaming too, but playing in a competitive scene. Monkey Prince, we'll start with you. Buy or sell? Ever seeing XQC back in the Overwatch League? Buy. I definitely buy this. He's he's a great main tank. He like there's. Maintain is probably the position with the least amount of people, like the amount of uh, player pool to pull from. So, like, if you have a player as good as XUC, you want to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, if you are a team going at him, you probably have to make it you know, very clear when you're signing him, you know, hey, you need to chill it out a bit on this thing. <laughs> you know, to take, you take it down a couple notches. But, like, I, th- I think he definitely wants to compete. You know, if you've seen mm-hmm. him stream his games in uh, Contenders Trials, he's, he's a bit, he seems to be like, a real act as a really good teammate, so I think he definitely wants to come back. He's gonna be playing for Team Canada, but I, th- I definitely think we'll see him. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Pesto buying or selling XUC ever being back in Overwatch League? You know, when I prepared for this question, I had sell because I did not realize you were going to use the word ever. So ah, I, I would, okay. I would almost certainly sell for season two. Okay. But for for the rest of time, I would say there is more of a possibility, but. I was surprised he got picked up in season one. I said before um, he got picked up that I didn't think it would happen. Is he a skilled player? Absolutely. There's no question about that. The problem is, and this is coming from someone who's faced the same problems before, he doesn't have a great filter. And the Overwatch (laughs) League, uh, Blizzard has a vision of sort of a PG-13 level league. Mm -hmm. Yes, you've got shooting, but it's not a gory game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you saw how much chaos his suspensions threw into Dallas Fuel. Mm-hmm. I think that teams that are coming in are going to look at it and say, I need to see more tape of him being, um, I don't want to say mature enough, but being politically correct <laughs> enough, professional enough, um, being able to present himself in a way that will not scare away the advertisers because realistically that is what is motivating um overwatch league to be this way Mm -hmm. but i i think that next season is probably too soon just like um 
the person who if I, who if I say his name I will lose points. <laughs> I think that that person season one would have been too soon, but if he shows up next season, maybe that's something that will happen. I think that when you burn out that publicly, there needs to be more time than just a couple of months before you get put back into that environment. Man, my, my... I also think that if he does get picked up, sorry, I also think that if he does get picked up, that you need to have someone in the background to help him blow out steam because part of the reason he got to the situation where he did is because he fed off of his his community his streaming community mm -hmm. liked the mania and he needs an outlet for that that is not his stream or he's going to burn out again. so what you're saying is the dallas oh well whatever team he ends up playing for would need a an actual human punching bag uh <laughs> for a professional or punching a personal bag right here. i can take it all boom I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, 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 I'm ready. Just have XQC just like start wailing on me. He, weigh, he probably weighs like a buck thirty soaking wet. So I'm not worried about it. He can he can punch me as hard as he wants. Don't care. Uh, A Smith, buy or sell. Obviously XQC hits pretty close to your home in the Dallas Fuel. Buy or sell. Uh, XQC ever coming back? Look, I'm gonna sell it because he likes the juice. Okay, <laughs> he likes the juice. All right, he is not there, dude. He is not. Stop with our romanticized vision of XQC. He, when even when he was playing with Dallas, he wasn't that great. Okay, the only time that we saw him really, really good has been, I think, Team Canada. That was his mm. best performance overall. I, I don't think he was even quite as good with like denial or uh, what some of these other teams. Arc six. Yeah, yeah, Arc Six. I, I, he's not been like that good of a player, mm -hmm. honestly. Everyone sees him; he's dominant in ranked. Great. Rank does not always transfer over. Mm -hmm. Stop it. We have a romanticized vision of who we want XQ to see to be, and he mm -hmm. is not that person. Don't force something on somebody that they're not. I think there are too many other good tanks out there that, that are viable options to fill 28 teams if need be, and XQC is not one of the top 28 tanks in the league. I don't think he's one of the top 56 tanks in the league. Hmm. Man, the biting biting words almost as brutal as Valmil calling for uh, Miro to be uh, <laughs> Warriors burial. It's still brutal. It's still brutal, regardless of whether it's respectful or not. Valmil, you got the last words here. Buying or selling? XQC coming back to the league? Uh, I'm selling, but for a, a kind of different reason. I think that when when Felix kind of looks at this, you know, he's he's had a taste of it. I don't know that he's necessarily interested in coming back and dealing with the, the PR and, mm -hmm. and kind of censoring himself. I think he, he's, a, he's kind of a free bird. He wants to do what he wants to do. And I don't think he likes having somebody breeze down in his neck and kind of almost hunt for him because, you know, mm -hmm. when we look at his, his kind of drama in his history, you know, within the Overwatch League, um, I think there is... Um, I wouldn't say evidence to say, but there you, you do have to speculate, you know, if Blizzard even really wanted him in and were mm -hmm. looking to, to kind of throw the book at him and really kind of put him on a, a very, very tight leash. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he strayed and, and they, they kind of axed him. Um, and, and that's no, that's not their fault. And that's, you know, I can't blame them, but I, I think they're mutually parted. And I think that's perfectly fine. I don't mm -hmm. think um, he's really that interested and, and just, just let him be free. I think he's fine streaming and I'm sure he'll be very successful elsewhere. Mm-hmm. For sure, he definitely. Wants the juice. <laughs> Everybody knows that he likes juice. He likes. Well, he likes. The here's juice. the thing. I mean, he will probably be making more money than some Overwatch League players, and if Agree, he is yeah. able to transition yeah. games, he will have a longer career mm -hmm. than probably most of the people in this league. Being mm -hmm. being a very successful streamer is lucrative. Mm -hmm. for, it's good for Overwatch. Sure. It's good for Overwatch. 
for sure. I definitely don't. Uh, I don't disagree with any of the points that you you guys made. But that's gonna bring us to the end here. Time for the final cut here. We had a really really close one. We had A Smith and Volmill leading out the back of the pack here with 53 points a pop, which means the final round is coming here. The Monkey Prince versus Pesto Enthusiast. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but we changed up the final rules a little bit here so that I am not in complete and utter power. So we're going to ask the question here. There can only be one winner. But the two non-finalists get to cast a vote. A. Smith and Volamil are going to be able to cast their vote to see who they think is going to win this one. And if a tiebreaker needs to happen, that's where I come in and hand out the W. But let's move in here. It is going to be Pesto versus Monkey Prince here. And the random throw of a coin, which I definitely didn't lose and have already thrown, is going to show that Monkey Prince is going to go first here. And the question here is, what is the what is the biggest surprise to you for season one, Monkey Prince? You're on the clock. Personally, I think it has to be Seoul. Because even like looking at some of the other teams that have underperformed, like Dallas, like that I still heard people like initially like, oh Dallas we used performing in A in an A for a while, so they mm -hmm. might you know we haven't seen them against other competition. Like I don't think and so like I think Seoul is the most surprising. Mm -hmm. Like you look at them coming in, it's like, Oh my god, you know, they took the tanks and supports Monichikai, which are you know, th those are the strongest parts of that team. And then they added Fleta, who's apparently this god who's on this horrible team, mm -hmm. and Munchkin and Wahid, and you know, the, all these other parts. And you know, they're gonna you know, look at all these coaches they have. They got this coach JC Bassan, who just won Apex season four. Mm -hmm. You know, they got they got the coaches from Lunichikai, they got all these great things going for them. And then they just didn't that never materialized. You know, at first and the saddest thing was that it was a slow decline. You know, mm -hmm. at first you're like, oh, they're pretty, doing pretty well. You know, okay, they didn't make stage playoffs. You know, maybe they'll do better next next stage. Oh, they didn't make it this stage, and they didn't sign anyone. Well, maybe, oh, now Jay Hong's on main tank. Well, that's not great. Oh, they're putting Zephyr and Guido, and all this stuff is happening. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it was just kind of sad to see this team that, you know, was so great, and we came with such high expectations. Uh, we, you know, the best tanks, the best supports, the best DPS, are all going to make this each other's incredible team, and that just never happened. Definitely a lot of good points there. Soul being your biggest surprise here. Pesto, your retort. What is your biggest surprise in season one? As much as I want to use this opportunity to once again wallow in the failure of my hometown misfits, what I am <laughs> going to go with instead is, shit, this thing worked. I mean, I think if you look back, there was a lot of uncertainty. Now, now we've got 100,000 people coming in consistently but mm. there was a lot of negativity there were a lot of doubters mm -hmm. there were prominent voices in the industry pointing out all of the parallels between the overwatch league and other things in the past that did collapse and that mm. did a lot of damage to esports as a broader community and i think that the overwatch league has been successful and probably more successful than anyone thought about mm -hmm. and if you look at that i mean sure blizzard is going to say whatever happens Blizzard is going to say yes this is successful but if you look at it they added additional sponsors after the league started. Mm -hmm. They added additional personnel. Um, I, I don't think the league started. I'm not sure, but they added additional mm -hmm. personnel after mm -hmm. the league. So the, clearly they thought with, that they were in a good financial position, that this was steady enough that they were going to invest more in it than they initially planned. So I think mm -hmm. that the biggest surprise is just how well the season did. And I'm really excited to see what we can do in season two. Mm. Man, both of those are really, really good. Uh, you, A. Smith and Volmo, you guys have uh, 
a tough one here, but we'll start with you, A. Smith. Are you picking Pesto in the Overwatch League as a whole doing so well, or are you picking Monkey Prince here with the Soul Dynasty uh, being the biggest surprise? Okay. First off, the correct answer was Shanghai sucking as bad as they did. Did anybody expect 0-40? Nope, no, not, no that, one. That, okay. For the record, Anyways. that's not the correct choice. Uh, okay, whatever. All right. Anyway, only I I have I always have an automatic. The, the other person doesn't even get to pick win, and neither of you picked uh, it. Well, I would have tried to override you. However, good luck. However, I do think I think they were both really good. Um, I think I'm gonna lean towards Pesto on this. Um, I do think the the league overall mm-hmm. shocked me more of how well we did at projecting viewership. I think the viewership shocked me the most, Makes even sense. more than Soul sucking. Volmel, are you declaring Pesto the winner here, or am I going to have to? Uh, am I going to have to make the choice? Um, you know, I, I I don't know that we're necessarily out of the ballpark yet with the Overwatch League. I think there's been a lot of surprising things. I think they've fetched a lot of sponsorship, which has been a, a very nice thing that they've done. It is kind of surprising when you look at other esports uh, kind of long-lasting leagues, but. When you make a super team, you kind of expect them to do halfway decent, and Soul kind of really let a lot of people down for so for in my book because I you know I'm a little bit of a Soul fan, so I gotta say, Soul Soul kind of sucking is uh, quite surprising. Yeah, man. So it's the tie. It's coming. The ball is back in my court, and I would like to say <laughs> that uh, for the record, bare hands in the chat saying Jonak being MVP yep. was the correct answer. That would have <laughs> automatically gotten you the win. So that's that goes without saying. Neither of you picked it. Man, this is a really close one. On the one hand, mm-hmm. uh, man, every single per it was like it. Soul was overwhelmingly the top choice in the uh, the pick um, the uh, not the pickem the mm-hmm. uh, power ranking. Across the community, most it, they they ended up being number one with, with London London Soul definitely at one two. That I don't think anyone put them below three or put, mm-hmm. put them below two. Uh, that's super super uh, surprising. But I think I'm going to have to go with Pesto on this one at the grander scale here. Uh, it yeah. being Overwatch League, I mean, I was I mean we came. I came from the days when uh, the Overwatch, uh, the Gosu Gamers <laughs> daily uh, weeklies were getting, you know, a dozen viewers a, a week. He's getting uh, props. Uh, yeah, oh God, he's getting props. Or Where probably running to the bathroom or something. I don't know. I mean, but I, I, I got to go with that. I mean, they were both very, very good answers. And uh, yeah, so Pesto, officially, you are the winner here. The floor is yours now that you have returned from. Running back. Let me give you your victory song You've here. Captured the objective. Well done. So, the floor is yours uh, thank to you sell out. Much. Thank you very much. It's been really fun. In lieu of a speech, I am going to take this jar of pesto and eat it with a spoon. <laughs> 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 oh man. I really hope that's not the same jar you had for the first time you were on here, because that's been months. It's just been sitting <laughs> out on his counter. In the fridge. <laughs> well, Please. everyone, that is going to be it. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, man, that was. Uh, it's always nice having the uh, the expert. Uh, this is like the expert league. Uh, the expert leagues here. Um, on around the payload but that's gonna be it guys uh we will see you in two weeks uh which will be after this the stage playoff so it's gonna be an interesting one to talk about the whole season and recap but we'll definitely be talking about that so for pesto for a smith for the monkey prince for volumil i am the blevins and remember guys we will see you next week around the payload Bye bye